What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Say What You Like NFL Weekly Podcast. This is the week four edition of the Say What You Like Podcast, and I'm riding solo once again, and uh, we're just going to keep it real lax, real chill, chop it up, talk some football. We're going to get into all the week four games. We're going to recap a couple of the week three games from the previous week, but we're trying to focus on week four here. So we're going to go ahead and give you the picks against the spread, with and without the spread, I should say, you know, for all you betting folks out there, let you know which ones are the safe bets and which ones are just a little bit more risky, if you know what I mean. But what I want to start with here is just a couple of topics that have been on my mind going into week four. Now, the first question that comes to mind this week is in regards to the New York Giants, because we barely have three games underneath our belts. And the Giants find themselves 0-3. So we're barely going into week four, but this question just has to be asked. Is it already time to stick a fork in the New York Giants playoff chances this season? What do y'all think? As far as I go, man, it's real tough to say because I am and continue to be very, very impressed with the New York Giants defense. I mean, you got Janoris Jenkins is a defensive back, you know, go ahead and add that along with a player like Landon Collins at safety. And that front seven is no joke. You know, those linebackers may not be big names, but they're flying around. They're always near the ball. They're great, great tacklers. They got great sideline to sideline speed. And that front four, man, they're on another level sometimes. Let me tell you, I mean, they're not too far off from the days, those Super Bowl days where they had OC and they had Tuck and them boys. I mean, these guys with JPP and his crew over there, Olivier Vernon, I mean, they do damage on the defensive side of the ball. But the problem is on the other side of the ball. It's the offense manned by Eli Manning. And, you know, you got Odell Beckham Jr. who's barely starting to look more like himself heading into week four. The offense looked good in the fourth quarter. They scored all 24 points in the fourth quarter. But you have to look at it like this. I mean, why has it taken so long for this New York Giants offense to awaken? And I really have nobody to fault but head coach Ben McAdoo. I mean, he is an offensive guru. That's how he got the job, by being a great offensive coordinator. So he's supposed to be able to you know, be able to fine-tune this offense and get them scoring a lot more than they are. I believe they're going to figure something out, but like I've mentioned in previous week podcast, that offensive line is horrendous. And I mean horrendous. Possibly the worst line I've seen in the last 10 to 20 years. And uh, no joke, no joke, guys. I am not just uh, piling on more crap on the New York Giants. I really, truly believe that when I watch these Giants play. I mean, Eric Flowers is a first-round pick. Looks like an undrafted free agent out there. He looks clueless. He has no bend. People are going around him, going through him like a turnstile. And on the other side, Hart, man, he ain't much better. I mean, the, the pressure that Eli Manning gets, I cannot blame Eli Manning. Eli Manning is a vet, so you can bet he knows how to win. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. I believe he's 36 years old. But there's no way in hell any quarterback of any age of any talent level could win behind that offensive line. They need to figure it out fast. But in the end, going back to the question, 
No, I don't think think it's time to stick a fork in the New York Giants season. You know, the season is still young. 0-3. A lot of teams start out 3-0, 0-3, whatever. And everybody wants to act like, you know, get like Bill Parcells used to say, put the anointing oil away, boys. You know, it's not time to bury anybody, and we shouldn't be ready to anoint anybody as the champions yet. It's week three. At least give me another week to make that determination because even then we would barely be one-eighth of a way through this NFL season. So way, way too early to stick a fork in the New York Giants as far as their playoff hopes go this season. Another question on my mind this week is um, I'm really interested to see you know, how the rest of the NFC East is going to continue to play throughout this NFL season. So my next question is, who do I expect to win that division? Now, you guys all know by now, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm not just saying this to be a homer, but I still think they're the favorite to win this division. Right now, New York doesn't look too hot. I don't think anybody out there would feel comfortable picking them to win the division at this point in time. Then you have the Washington Redskins, who looked hella good, especially on that defense against the Raiders Sunday night. Shh, woo! I mean, them boys just making tackles. Josh Norman looked good. He, he's earning his money over there. You know, can't blame can't blame the guy for getting paid. You know, I mean, man, he, he's he's earning his check. So can't hate on the Washington Redskins. Kirk Cousins, he deserves every dollar he gets. I hope he gets a big, big contract, whether it be there in Washington or over in Frisco. The boy deserves to get paid. He's a baller, a baller on the field. I mean, he gets the balls to different receivers, no-name receivers, and he throws for hella yards, hella touchdowns. I mean, that offense is humming. Cannot hate on Kirk Cousins, not not here. But everybody is kind of picking the Philadelphia Eagles as that sleeper that's going to steal the division away from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I like Philadelphia. I think they have a good young core over there, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're no joke. Carson Wentz, we all know about him, second-year quarterback. He's looking to improve on, on a solid rookie season for sure. Uh, he looks good out there. He made some plays in this last week's game, man. He was fitting some balls into tight spots in some clutch situations. That's what you want to see out of your young, soon-to-be franchise quarterback. So, you know, no reservations there. The running game looks pretty good. You know, the offensive line looks hella good. That's a real talented, talented offensive line. So no concerns there. No concerns on the offense. Peterson, he's a, a former quarterback, so no reason to think that, you know, Wentz isn't going to continue to develop comfortably with the quarterback as the head coach. You know, he understands what it's like to play quarterback in the league. He brings that experience to the table. It can only help Carson Wentz. Now, the defense... I do like the defense. We all know John Gruden's favorite player in the NFL. He's kind of like, <laughs> I always say, he's kind of like uh, the way John Madden had a crush on Nate Newton and Brett Favre. Man, John Gruden has a crush. He'd be crushing on Fletcher Cox. Man, when they play, he's talking about Fletcher Cox, you know, damn near 50% of the time during a game and a broadcast. So can't wait to see the Philadelphia Eagles play uh, when uh, Gruden is calling the game. That's going to be a good one. But... Back to the topic here. The defense, to me, can still be exploited. I mean, that defensive backfield for the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't think it's yet been solidified. I haven't been overly impressed by the way they played in the, in these last uh, couple of games. Now, 
what also gives me concern and what also, you know, keeps me from taking out the anointing oil, excuse me, and, uh, you know, anointing them NFC East champions yet is because, man, they almost lost to the New York Giants. And if all y'all are so down on the New York Giants, how are you almost going to lose to a team that can't score? And more so, a bigger, better question for you guys out there is, how in the hell are you going to let that offense put 24 up on you in the fourth quarter to come back? It took a 61-yard miraculous field goal just to win that game, Eagles fans. Think about that. If you couldn't make a 61-yard field goal at the end of the game miraculously, you might have lost that game to the lowly, pathetic New York Giants. So, how confident should I be in a team like Philadelphia? Look, pretty confident. The arrow is definitely pointing up. I ain't gonna lie, but there's no way I think this this team can win more than 10 games this season. I think 10 games is their ceiling at this point. And I think Dallas should at least win 10 games. So it, to me, it's going to be very difficult for Philadelphia to win this division. You know, we'll see when the two go head-to-head. That'll give us a lot clearer of a pitcher. But at this point, I just don't see it happening. I see this team more like a maybe a 9-7 a and seven or a strong 8-8 eight and eight at this point. You know, I, that's just how I see it. But again, the season's young. You know, I'm not saying that that's definitely going to happen. That's just the way that I see it playing out with the limited information that I have and the limited amount of games that I have to look at. But, you know, that's how I see the NFC East right now. I see Dallas on top. I see Washington and Philly, you know, fighting it out for that wild card spot. And uh, New York, I think they're going to make a late run. I think they're going to make a midseason run, get respectable. But, um, you know, I, I can't see them finishing over 500 at this point. Not not right now. Not with the way that offense is playing. So that's my thoughts on the NFC East, guys. Um, one more thing that's been on my mind this week. You know, is it already, uh, you know, time to stick a fork in the Miami Dolphins playoff season? That's a good one. Because we need to talk a little bit about these AFC teams, you know. You know, the New England Patriots, they're as good as in. They're as good as the AFC East champions at this point. Uh, but, you know, Miami was able to sneak up on some people, surprise a few peeps out there, and get into the playoffs last season. And hell of a good job, man. Hell of a good job. Gase is the man out there, you know. Definitely, he was a candidate for Coach of the Year back in 2016. And I think he's doing his thing. He brought in his boy, Jay Cutler, but... Ultimately, I think that's going to be their undoing. I think that's going to unravel it all. And I think we started to see that this last weekend. I mean, when you only score six points in the game, and that came in garbage time at the very end, and the New York Jets are scoring on you, and even more alarming, they're shutting you out, shutting you down, pitching a shutout late in the game. The New York Jets and Cutler, I mean, he didn't look good at all. You know, he he gets careless with the ball. That's always been the knock on Jay Cutler. How much does he care? Not only on the field, but even on the sidelines. How much is he going to put in? How much care is he going to take with that ball? Turnovers kill you. And in the end, Jay Cutler and his turnovers and his carefree attitude, he's going to cash his check, and Miami's going to be outside the playoff pitcher. Write it down. Take a picture. Trust me, Miami will not make the playoffs. You can book it. I am ready to stick a fork in Miami. I've been ready since before the season started because 
when they told me Jay Cutler was going to be the quarterback, boom, I got my fork out and pow, it's in the Dolphins. Trust me, guys, I will not, cannot be wrong on this. And if I am, I'm going to owe the Miami Dolphins a big, big apology and their fan base. Of course, all you guys out there, too. So uh, let's move on and let's get into week four. Let's get into some picks. The first game, Thursday Night Football, it's currently being played right now. Currently, uh, we're on a, a second quarter delay due to a thunderstorm. So the action just stopped. The Green Bay Packers are up on the Chicago Bears by a score of 14-0. to zero. Uh, Earlier, before the game started, uh, I'm predicting Green Bay to take this game. 24 to 13 so i believe they should cover the spread i think the spread was minus seven for green bay so i think green bay i think it's pretty safe to say they're gonna cover this spread i think chicago will make a little run here but you know too little too late they just they just don't have it you know i expect the quarterback to be switched out soon enough so that's how i see that game going let's get into the sunday games guys first up we have the new orleans saints minus three versus those Miami Dolphins up in London. Look, you guys already know how I feel about Jay Cutler. So I'm going New Orleans by a score of 27 to 20. Uh, then I, we have the Carolina Panthers at the New England Patriots. New England is minus nine here. Minus nine, that's a big line. I don't like giving up more than a touchdown on these betting lines. But screw it. I'm going to take New England to cover. 26 to 13 over the Panthers. Cam Newton just hasn't shown me the, you know, the ability to score or to get things happening on the offense. You know, he's got nice little pieces, but ultimately it's the quarterback, you know, and I just don't think he's healthy. I don't think he's got it this year. I think he should have took the Andrew Luck approach and, you know, rested himself and got ready for the season cuz what we're seeing right now is just a shell of the player we all know as Cam Newton. Next game, we got the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Currently, as of the time I, I checked these out, there was no line. But I, I, I came out of the closet this week. I'm a Matt Stafford fan, big fan of his type of play. I'm going to go with Detroit 17-13 over the Vikings. Next game, Tennessee minus a point and a half at the Houston Texans. I'm going to take Houston 23-20. I think Houston bounces back here. Um, you know, I do like Tennessee, but, I, you know, I just I think that Houston defense is something else. And Watson, man, he's giving them a spark. So I expect them to get rolling here. Uh, next game on the schedule, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars minus three and a half at the New York Jets. Give me Jacksonville 24 to 16. Also, we have the Cincinnati Bengals minus three at the Cleveland Browns. This one's tough, guys. Uh, I kind of, you know, went back and forth, back and forth again on on this pick, but I'm just going to go with Cincinnati in a close one, 17 to 16. The next game on the schedule, the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three at the Baltimore Ravens. I am going to go with Pittsburgh. Give me 21-17. And uh, next game, Buffalo Bills at. The Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta is minus eight again. We're given more than a touchdown. I don't like it. But again, I'm going to go against my own formula. I'm saying Atlanta wins this game by a score of about 28-20. I see it. In the late games, we have the New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is minus 
three in this game. I am going with the upset. I think the New York Giants are going to pull this one out. I think they started to get it going in the fourth quarter. And I'm going to say they get that momentum and they keep it going. Tampa Bay didn't look too hot last last week either. So, you know, there's a young quarterback likes to give up the ball. Eli Manning is a pro at that, and he's going to show them how it's done, and he's going to win this game. That's what I say. So let me go with the score here. Uh, I'll take New York 22-18. to Philadelphia Eagles at the L.A. Chargers. My backyard, this game's taking place in L.A. The Chargers are minus one, so they are the favorites here. And you know what? Give me the upset here. Well, I guess it's not an upset if the Chargers are minus ones. But I guess in most folks' circles, it would be an upset, right? I'm picking the LA Chargers 24 to 23. That minus one sounds about right to me. I, I think Philadelphia is, is due for a crash. Phillip Rivers and the, the, the Chargers, they've had some bad luck. They haven't been able to close out all these close games that they have, so... Here goes. They're going to close out a close game for the home fans in L.A. Try to earn some respect in L.A. Because right now, they ain't got none out here. Trust me. I'm in the L.A. area. Ain't nobody buzzing about the Chargers. But hopefully a big win might, you know, turn their fortunes around this season. Next game on the schedule, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are minus seven here, guys. And again, a touchdown. But... I don't like the San Francisco 49ers at all. I think they're a decent team, but I just don't see them as closers. I don't see Hoyer as a closer. I see him as you know an injury-prone quarterback that's got good accuracy, but ultimately just can't get the job done, never really has. So I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals, 26-17. to We have the Oakland Raiders at the Denver Broncos. What a hell of a game. Denver is the favorite by 2.5 points. AFC West battle here. AFC West rivalry. Very, very interesting game. One of the games I'm looking forward to most this week in week four. Uh, You know what the Denver Broncos did to my Dallas Cowboys. And you know what the Washington Redskins did to them Oakland Raiders this, you know, this past weekend. And just based on that alone, it's it's so close. It's so hard of a game for me to call. But in the end, I'm going to go Denver 21 to 20. For the Sunday night football game, the Indianapolis Colts are at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle is minus 13. Guys, I don't like giving up a touchdown. Now you're asking me to give up almost two? No way. I think Indianapolis can cover this spread. Seattle's offense hasn't looked good at all. And let's even be real. You know what? Shout out to Balls Deep Football. Actually, I'm sorry. Former, the artist formerly known as Balls Deep Football. Now they're known as Dropkick Football. But like they preach all the time, don't buy brand names in football. The Legion of Boom, they're brand name. That's all they are. They were the Legion of Boom four or five years ago. Yeah, they were. All right, all right. I'll, I'll be real. They were the Legion of Boom two years ago. But the last year and a half, there, there's no Legion. There's no Boom. You know, they're the, they're the Legion of the Bum. I don't know. You know, they just uh, just don't, it's not the same. So I don't see them really being able to blow out the Colts. Now the Colts are, they're god awful. So, you know, they're not going to win this game or anything. But I'll take Seattle, low scoring game, we'll go 17-10. Then the big Monday night football game, the Washington Redskins are at the number one team on my power rankings for week four, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by a touchdown. 
Now, like I said, I don't like giving up more than a touchdown. I like the Chiefs and I like the Redskins. They're both in the top 10. I think the Redskins were number 10 this week in my power rankings. So this is a good, good Monday night matchup. John Gruden is going to have a ball calling this one. But there's just something in the air with these Kansas City Chiefs for me. I mean, they look impressive, real impressive. It's like they've always been consistent. You know, they've always been well coached. Uh, they don't beat themselves. But now they got the big play. They got the big playmakers there with Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill. I mean, they got the home run hitters. So no reason to think that their, you know, fortunes are going to end anytime soon. But I think it'll be a close game. Washington, you know, Kirk Cousins, he's going to make it a game. He puts points up no matter who's on that defense on the other side. I'm going to say Kansas City takes this one 27-24. to all right, so as you might have noticed by now, I left out one game from the Week 4 slate. That is the Los Angeles Rams traveling over to Jerry World and taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Dallas Cowboys are the favorite by 7.5 points. Get the trend here? Over a touchdown? But this is the Dallas Cowboys we're talking about, right? America's team. You know how I feel about them. They could, they could do anything, cover anything. But I want to take a closer look at this game give an in-depth review of how I see this game and this matchup here. Now, before the beginning of the season, if you were to tell me one of these teams is going to be the top, one of the top-ranked offenses and the other one is going to be middle of the pack as far as statistics go, you would think the Dallas Cowboys would be at the top and the Rams would be in the middle of the pack on offense. And if you told me, look at these two teams' defenses, if I told you one team was going to be top 10 in defense and one team was going to be near the bottom, you would probably think the Dallas Cowboys would be near the bottom and the LA Rams would be a top 10 defense. But alas, it's wrong. The tables have turned. It's all flipped. The LA Rams, guys, on offense, they're ranked number one in points. They've scored 107 points on the season. The Dallas Cowboys are ranked 16th. That's mediocre in points with 64 on the season. So the LA Rams have put up some points in a big way. I mean, over 40 more points there. So, you know, it's a big difference. Now they're ranked sixth in yards gained, talking about the LA Rams. And the Cowboys are ranked 19th in yards gains. No bueno. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with that Arizona Cardinals game because in that Cardinals game, there wasn't a lot of yards to be had. There wasn't a lot of plays in that game ran by the Dallas offense. The Arizona Cardinals were on the field on offense for most of that game. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Now, on defense, let's look at the defensive side of the ball. The LA Rams are ranked 26th in points allowed with 75. 26th is near the league bottom. And the Dallas Cowboys are ranked 12th in points allowed, allowing 62 points. As far as yardage goes, the LA Rams are 22nd in yards allowed, and the Dallas Cowboys are in the top 10, 10th, in yards allowed. I mean, who would have thought it, right? Going into the season, you would think these two teams' statistics were switched, but here we are. Now, as far as how this game is going to go, let's take a look at the enemy. Let's take a look at the LA Rams. Now, the LA Rams, despite these numbers on defense, this Rams defense is talented and athletic for sure. Without a doubt, they can run around, they can hit you, hit you hard, put the boom down on you, for real. They got great sideline-to-sideline -side speed, but I did notice they're a little bit of a poor tackling team. I watched every play 
of last week's game against the 49ers, and there was quite a bit of missed tackles. But these guys are quick. I mean, they run around the field. So, you know, if they could just get that tackling issue resolved, this is a hell of a good defense for sure. It's a defense that legitimately needs to be feared. And the one thing that nobody, and I'm talking nobody, can deny is this LA Rams defense is talented. Look at the first round draft picks that they have playing on the defensive side of the ball. The one you are always hearing about because of the recent holdout. You know, we got Aaron Donald. I believe he went 12th overall. So high, high first round picks on that defense. They also have Mark Barron, the former number seven overall pick, I believe, by Tampa Bay. Then he went over to Frisco, and now he's on his third team, so it's got to be something up with that. But still, I mean, he was a top-tier talent coming out of Alabama. Seventh overall pick, right? I mean, first-rounders on this defense, so this defense is good, man. Now, everybody is down on Des Bryant, but this team really doesn't have a top, top-tier cornerback. I think Des Bryant is going to have a decent game. I think his matchup would be Trumaine Johnson. Uh, he didn't look overly impressive in last week's game, but again, it was a high-scoring game. You know, balls were flying over people's heads all game long. So, you know, it'll be a different type of game. But I think Des Bryant will get on track after, you know, all the crap that the media has given Des for not being a true number one wide receiver. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but I think the team that's going to win this game is going to be the team that figures out how to attack the opposing defense with their offense because Sean McVay and Jared Goff have looked real comfortable in that spread and Dallas's weakness is that the depth on on the defensive backfield in the defensive backfield I mean they got a bunch of rookies in there you know and they let go of the vets in the offseason so I think if they could spread them out and pick on the weak you know fourth string cornerbacks for the Dallas Cowboys you know, there's no reason to believe that the LA Rams cannot have success on offense, really. Now, the Dallas Cowboys, what they got to do is I think you are really starting to see, I think you are really starting to see the Dallas Cowboys offense evolve late in that game in Arizona. I mean, Arizona was taking that, you know, that Denver Broncos blueprint and, you know, basically playing that same game. Hey, I'm daring Dak to pass. I'm daring him to hit his receivers with the one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside and there's no way in hell Ezekiel Elliott is going to get through that line because we have every gap covered every linebacker is jumping gaps you know he run blitzes their their eyes are on Zeke the whole time on defense and I think Dallas kind of noticed hey we just can't overpower teams we can't just go straight at them we got to kind of reinvent ourselves and, and get this offense going so if you notice Dak and Linehan started changing up some of the plays late in that game. They found a different identity. They're saying, all right, your linebackers want to step up into those holes and fill them? Stop Zeke in his tracks? Okay. All right. So I think Dallas, you know, if you notice the second half of that game, the linebackers, they're, they're keyed in. And, and, and Dak and them began switching it up with the quarterback zone read option. That was working nice. Then they, they were running a couple of bootlegs, and then that, that eventually leads to the play-action pass. And they took advantage of that defense, his aggressiveness towards stopping Zeke. And I believe the Dallas Cowboys are going to capitalize on this because they learned from it last weekend. So you know what, LA Rams defense? Pick your poison. You guys are good defense. 
Lots of speed on that defense on the line and in the defensive backfield. But Mark Barron has always been a liability in coverage. That's why he's on his third team in his young NFL career right here, because he can't cover. What are you going to do if that linebacker's stepping up to fill the holes in the play action and Beasley's running right behind you for the first down? You know, it's something to think about. Is Mark Barron going to be able to stay disciplined enough, stop those short routes, as well as stopping the run? Because basically, he's another linebacker there. You know, he's a linebacker at this point. He doesn't play deep safety. He's that safety that's in the box. He's an in-the-box safety. So he's going to have to be disciplined to play the run and stop those short routes, primarily from Beasley and Jason Winton, who you guys know have good hands and they're excellent route runners. So we'll see which one of these offenses can attack the defense and attack their weaknesses and, and figure it out first. I think that's going to go a long way, a long way, in determining who wins this game. Now, I think something else that's interesting going into this game is these quarterbacks. Both 2016 draft class quarterbacks, with Jared Goff being the first overall pick in that 2016 draft. And Dak, poor Dak, he got drafted 135th overall. So, 133 players in between them. Wow. Whew. But Jared Goff, man, in his second year, he's showing his medal. His stats for for the season are he's got a 70% completion percentage, 817 yards, five touchdowns to go along with just one interception, and that leads to him having a 118.2 quarterback rating. The kid is balling out. Sean McVay deserves hell of uh, hell of props for turning this kid's career around and doing what this kid's comfortable with. He looks like the old school Cal Jared Goff. So. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Bye-bye, Jeff Fisher. The LA Rams and its fans should be very happy because they're in much, much better hands at head coach with McVay and Goff. And Gurley, don't forget Gurley, too. He's a big reason for success. He's bouncing back after that uh, sophomore slump, you know? Now, on the other side, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, you got Dak Prescott. 63% completion percentage, 689 yards, five touchdowns, Two interceptions and an 88.9 quarterback rating. And throw in that one rushing touchdown from last week. So, again, not a bad stat line, but not quite excellent like Jared Goff so far. Now, is Jared Goff or Dak Prescott the better quarterback? Look, at this point, man, only time can tell. Jared Goff didn't go number one for no reason at all, you know. And Dak Prescott wasn't drafted 135th. Uh, you know, for no reason at all either. Now, Dax made some strides very quickly, but Goff, man, Goff looks explosive this year. So we're going to see if Dak can turn it around and get explosive on that Rams defense. And if he does, I think think that'll be a little bit more clear of a pitcher that Dak's the better quarterback. But if Goff continues to be doing what he's doing and balling out and he blows up that Cowboys secondary, hey, we're going to remember, we're going to say, hey, that number one pick, hey, that wasn't a bad pick. There's no bust there because Goff is carving up the NFL this year in his sophomore season with the right coach and the right offensive pieces around him. Now he's got the receivers, so, you know, Watkins and them. He's going to be a all right, Tavon Austin. He's got weapons. He's got the coach. He's got the running back. He ain't got no excuses. So it's time for me to uh, pick this game. You know I'm a Cowboys fan. I got to stay true. Dallas Cowboys 31, LA Rams 
21. But it should be a very, very good game, entertaining game. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of L.A. Rams fans. I'm in L.A., so I'm sure I'll hear it for this. But we'll see after Sunday, right? We'll see who's talking then. We'll see who's chirping and who's not. So, um, you know what? That's all I really wanted to talk about for week four. Next week on the podcast, I want to try to get a couple of guests on, chop it up a little bit. And I'd like to just kind of like do some football small talk, you know, just talk about some good, nice things from days of the past football or the future of football. Just just get some football discussion that's not necessarily aimed towards this week or last week's games. You know, we're going to throw that in, of course, but maybe have a segment or two where we're just chopping it up about an old school team or talking about the future of the NFL with the concussions or, you know, something. But stay tuned because we're going to talk football every week here on Say What You Like. So until next week, I am Philip Enriquez. This is the Say What You Like NFL Weekly Podcast. Make sure to check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Anchor. Leave a like. Leave a comment. Subscribe. Please, it means a lot to me. I will thank you in advance. So a thank you from me to you. And we'll catch you all next week. Peace.